Welcome to Subject to Change with Stephen Lentz. I interview business owners and execs and take a look at who they are, what they do, and where they come from. There's no script. We talk about our businesses, passions, and anything else we want to. Thanks for listening. Welcome back to Subject to Change. I'm Stephen Lentz, and today I'm talking with Amanda Garasio, founder and brand strategist of Studio Garasio. How are you, Amanda? I'm good. How are you, Stephen? I'm doing well, thank you. Amanda and I were just talking about the joys of having independent firecracker free-spirited little girls and yes (laughs) how you can love someone so much and still want to throw them down a flight of stairs all at the same time oh and it changes and like (laughs) you know it's like a switch flips and they're suddenly like the sweetest thing and it's like I don't understand do you not remember the tantrums you just threw two seconds ago or you'll have like the best day ever and then they'll be like hmm I don't want you to say goodnight to me tonight. You're just like, oh, it's not hard. Like, we were so good. You we were so sweet. Yeah. Seriously, though, all the time she'll be like, hey, dad. I'll be like, yeah, babe. She goes, mom's the best. <laughs> all the time. Yeah, I, I will say my husband gets that sometimes too. <laughs> like, we'll be reading books or something. I'll be like, well, I think it's dad's turn to read a book. She's like, no, I want mama to do everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. Okay, great. <laughs> I'm hoping at some point she like wants me to do things with her, but yeah, she's complete mama's girl. It's, it makes me sad. (laughs) Lots of tears to my, my eyes, but that's not why we're here. We're here to talk about you (laughs) and uh, Studio Gracia. And what is Studio Gracia? So Studio Gracia is my branding agency. So I basically help um, entrepreneurs figure out what they even want their brand to be like kind of corral all those ideas floating around in their brain about like, where am I going with this? What are my goals? Who do I actually want to work with? Um, you know, what's the vibe I want to give off? All that kind of stuff. Cause a lot of them haven't even sat down to think about that or, you know, be intentional with that. And then once we have that clear, I help them with the design side of things too. So I bring that all to life in their visual identity, their logo, their materials, their website, whatever happens to be needed for their particular business. So nice. Yeah. So do you do web dev as well then? Or is it I like do. The, I okay. am one of those unicorns that does both the design and coding. Like I I grew my coding chops along with my design chops. Like I was, you know, customizing my MySpace profile back in the day with like HTML and building sites on GeoCities and that. Oh wow. If you're in the world, you know what that means and that dates me a little <laughs> bit, but that's okay. <laughs> Back when dial-up was a thing. and Yes. Exactly. Yes. Yep. Uh, so is Studio Gracio, are you a one-person show or do you have other employees that do different tasks for you? I am currently a one-person show as far as I'm the only like official employee or person in it. I do subcontract mm-hmm. things out sometimes if it's like beyond my scope. Um, you know, if I, I do know coding, but like for the more advanced stuff, sometimes things are beyond what I can do. So I'll bring in a web dev or like, you know, an SEO specialist or a copywriter or something. So those kind of things. Yeah. I subcontract out. Nice. So within your clientele, do you feel like you find mostly new entrepreneurs or do you also do kind of like the rebranding changing for established business? That's a good question. And something that has changed over the years, because I did find ours, you know, kind of attracting or bringing in all the new entrepreneurs. Um, But what I found was one, they weren't, you know, they hadn't been in it enough to really like get clear on what they wanted it to be. They kind of have to get in the weeds and like try some things out and like experiment a little bit. And Mm -hmm. then you can be clear on what you want to actually build out of it. And the second part was they don't always have the budget either. (laughs) 
invest in professional services. So these days I focused on seasoned entrepreneurs. So whether they're, you know, some years in and looking to rebrand or whether they're starting an additional business, like, you know, building their empire or whatever, um, that's who I work with these days. Nice. So when it comes to a rebrand and especially like these established businesses, do you go into like story branding or do you have your own kind of like method of drawing out who they are? Like what's what's kind of the process with that? Yeah, it's 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 my own process. I've kind of taken pieces from all the different places and put them together in my own special Mm -hmm. mix. But yeah, there's a little bit of the story brand stuff there. There's a little bit of brand archetype stuff there. Um, It's basically like me and the client. We sit down with this like big questionnaire that I work them through. And, you know, I take them through a question by question and, you know, make sure we dig deep enough, make sure answers aren't contradicting each other in different sections, you know, like all that kind of stuff to really kind of like pull out their story, what makes them unique and like the real answer that has not just the fluff surface answer, but like the deeper answer. Mm-hmm. Do you always work with just the owners or do you, is some of them like the marketing manager person who you work with or kind of where, where is it? Yeah, I like to work with the founders, the decision makers. Um, Sometimes they'll have other team members that sit in on that like brand exploration meeting so that, you know, just everybody's on the same page. Like I recently did um, a brand audit session with a family owned distillery here in the Austin area. And so it was like, you know, the dad had founded it, but his wife was also in the business. His son was in the business and his the son's fiance was in the business. So they were all on, you know, the brain exploration. And part of my job was to kind of help get them all on the same page. Cause like the younger sure. generation was, you know, we need to like, you know, be more consistent on social media and stuff like that. And like the older generation was a little bit like, <laughs> I don't understand why we have to do it. Not mm-hmm. to get too stereotypical, but there was a little bit of that. Um, sure. I mean, changing technologies, like I find it with myself. Like I have no interest in TikTok. It's not that like. Same. I y- do you not know, it's like just... a zero interest in TikTok. Yeah. But it's, it's just one of those things like something new will come out and it's good to have people in that space that like it or are into it and can mm-hmm. open you up to new markets. Yes. It doesn't have to be your cup of tea. Like that's something yeah. that, and I feel like as an entrepreneur, that's hard for us to come to terms with because we like to be, we like to play where we're comfortable. Mm-hmm. And so to hand off something that we're not comfortable with and we don't even understand, I think it's difficult. Like I, it I is. completely understand that. Yeah. And it's also a factor too of like, there's like a million different platforms you can be on. Like you don't have to be on all of them. So if it, you know, yes, you could outsource it, but it could also be like, do I even need to be on this platform? For me, TikTok, like, no, I don't need to be on TikTok. Yeah. So it's, I mean, it's a little bit like being a parent, right? Like we are building the plane on the way down or on the way up, however you're looking at it. <laughs> yeah, hopefully on the way no, up. Like the kid doesn't pop out with a manual, like this is how you take care of me. Right? And just like, I wish, yeah. Yeah, right? And probably like, oh God, I hope I <laughs> don't give them too much childhood trauma and I'll do my right. best. <laughs> the baseline we're trying to meet there right yeah like, my, my husband likes them to on say, like five play dates a week I don't know like what's right like what's the minimums here yeah. there's no KPIs for raising kids <laughs> KPIs, yeah my husband likes to say you know like gosh I feel like we just like got the hang of that phase and now she's in a new phase and we have to like learn something new all over again he's like I just want the phases to be done like I want to just like you know have it it's like well yeah that's part of uh, just wait till they're bringing home their math homework and you're sitting at the table yelling what's three times seven like i don't know <laughs> and then two years later they're like can you help me and you're like i don't know 
oh yeah like, yeah that's gonna my husband's an engineer so I've already told him like when she gets to like high school math homework that's on you like I'm not <laughs> that's not my thing <laughs> yeah all the things that you're gonna have to learn that you're never gonna need it's right yeah I mean unless you go super specialized but yes it's yeah oh kids they'll get you every time every time yeah. you think yeah. you haven't figured it out no nope. which again going back to business is very similar but so these established businesses, do you work with clients long-term then? Or like, is it kind of like this ongoing thing that you revisit every so many years and, do, and like check in and be like, hey, you know, how have you evolved as your customer base has evolved? Or is it just kind of like a one and done and that's, you know. Yeah, so that's kind of, it depends on the client. So for the most part, it's like the main, like the big, like actual branding work of establishing the brand. That is a one and done type thing. Um, I do work with clients ongoing after that. Like mm -hmm. if they have, you know, new print materials they need or like a new product they're releasing or something and they need, you know, they want to bring on the same designer to handle that, which I always recommend because then there's no confusion, but um, stuff like that. Like I continue to work with them as they need more materials for their brand. Um, and yeah, like, you know, I have had, I think, two clients that I've actually helped them rebrand after working on their initial brand because they've completely changed like what they were doing with their business and their business model and their audience. So like, yeah, the first brand we made for them was great, but they decided that wasn't what they wanted to do anymore. And we're going a completely different direction. So I've had, I've had cases of that as well. And for that, is that more of a, like the demographic they were after changed or they just decided like they wanted their image to be different? Like, what was that? Um, well, the most, clear example I can think of she had when she initially came to me she was a copywriter um to I guess in the simplest terms that's what she was and she you know got into that I got into that and then like I think it was like three-ish or so years later she realized that's not actually what she wanted to do mm -hmm. um and she had been working with a podcast client on their copywriting and then kind of got brought on to do like do more of like the podcast managing for that client and realized she loved that so now she does a podcast management business. So like it needed completely different totally you know, different branding yeah. from the copywriting. Did she so. keep the same name or? Mm -mm, no, it had a new name and everything okay. too. So. Nice. Yeah. How within your ideal client niche slash industry, do you have a certain like specific business type that you work best with, whereas like trades or services or? Like, I, don't, I don't niche by so much like industry or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Um. I tend to work with the like founder led or like solopreneur or that kind of business where I can still, the, the founder is like the person driving the brand, like not the head of marketing or the director of marketing or something. Like I like to work with the visionary, the head person. Um, aside from that, it's more like a personality fit. Um, mm -hmm. As long as they're, you know, decisive, progressive, tech savvy, um, you know, open to advice, <laughs> you know, willing to, to bow to my expertise on certain things, not bow to, but like, you know, open to expert advice, basically. Sure. Um, let, not just, let you be the expert on what you're an expert at because yeah, they hired exactly. you to do your job. Yes. Like, exactly. I don't go to the dentist and be like, Hey, I think you missed a spot back on, you know, more B12. Like let's. You know, yeah, exactly. Maybe do yeah. a counterclockwise polish there, doc. You know, like. <laughs> exactly. So it, it, it's more personality fit than anything. Like I'm happy to work in all sorts of different industries. And that actually kind of keeps it interesting for me too. There are some that I find more fun to work in, like food and bev, especially because you get into like the packaging and like restaurant menus and stuff like that can be really fun just from the design side of things. But mm -hmm. other than that, no, it's a personality fit. 
Nice. As far as timeline goes, what's what's like the rough for the basic of like, hey, I want to create a new brand. So I guess there's two, right? One's a revamp, one's a, a create. So we'll we'll do separate. But for creating, what, what's kind of the timeline of you creating a brand for someone and helping them with that process? Well, is it like a, a month, two months? I actually have a couple different packages depending on like what their timeline is. So I have like an express brand that is uh-huh. basically a two-day thing where I just base I do I take them through the brand exploration, I give them some building blocks, but then they have to like take that and like make all their materials and build their website and stuff. Um and then the other packages they can take um anywhere from like five weeks to like three months, I'd say, depending on you know the, the scope of what we're doing. So you give them essentially like a a paint by numbers DIY for the first one. For the express brand, the yeah, express that's brand. more like. And it's on them to enact it and put it together and all that stuff. And then you're three yeah, to five I mean, week I give them, is... I give them the files. I give them the guidelines. You know, I give them some recorded video trainings on like how to do certain things. But it's up to them to build it. So they're coming to me for that because they don't want to mess with figuring out a logo, figuring out colors, figuring out fonts, like all that kind of stuff. They just want that done so they can like take it and run with it sure and then what's the difference between working with you for three weeks versus five weeks um the five weeks versus the three months you mean oh three months yeah 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 so that is just a, a matter of the size of the company and like the depth of work we go into so like with the five week one um you know that's more like one-to-one solopreneur kind of thing um and you know we're kind of collaborating and building it together the the three-month one is basically i'm the fractional chief brand officer like they're bringing me into their team we're doing like a half-day brand strategy workshop and then like i kind of run with it i do the stylescapes and the mood boards and the brand strategy and like plan it all out and build it all out and you know check in with them once in a while but it's really like they're outsourcing it to me like they're trusting me to handle that Mm -hmm. so it's it's a different different kind of dynamic I guess and then when it comes to rebranding is there a timeline or different packages for that as well or is it kind of like you have a flagship offer of I mean it's it's the same packages because even with a rebrand you know you have to a rebrand I usually suggest starting with a brand audit just so we can see like okay like how much actually needs to change um and sometimes it's things they can tweak on their own and then you know great they have a game plan they can go that sometimes then we do have to move into one of my other packages if we're like redoing everything um but it's it's the same timeline generally what is a brand audit what does that mean so a brand audit is basically we come I come in I sit you down on a zoom call or if you happen to be in Austin in person we could do it um and I basically take you through an exercise of figuring out what you know your ideal brand is what your goals for your brand are what you want your brand to be um as far as you know the vibe you want to give off the like impression you want to leave with people who those people are that you want to work with how you're different in the market like your vision and goals for the business all of that kind of stuff and then you know I look at what your current branding is doing against those answers that you gave me and see how it measures up like okay you said you wanted your business to communicate this and this and this Mm -hmm. here's how your logo is or is not doing that here's how your colors are or are not doing that here's how you know your website is or is not doing that and then I make recommendations on 
how they can change things to improve that. And sometimes that involves working with me to do those changes. Sometimes it doesn't. So it's just an audit of like where things stand versus where they want things to be. Yes. Do you also look at their copy? Do you do copywriting as well? Or is it just... I do not do copywriting. Um, I... For the brand audits, I, I mean, I can give an opinion of what I think the copy, like the vibe it's giving us as far as if that matches what they say, but I'm, I'm not a copy editor or a copywriter to like write new copy for them. Nice. How long have you been doing this with Studio Gracio? Let's see. Studio Gracio is eight years, going to be eight years old this year, um, but I've been an independent designer since 2006. So what is that 17 years almost yeah <laughs> a while it's, yeah a while a little while yeah it's the hot minute <laughs> have you did you go straight from like high school slash college university if you went there to graphic design or was there kind of like this in-between thing where you're figuring stuff out yeah so I I started getting interested in design in high school I had an art teacher that introduced me to photoshop and um Thank you, Mr. K, for that. That was great. Kind of started me on that path. Um, and so when I went to college, design is what I got my degree in. Um, but when I graduated, I didn't have any job lined up. Um, I had a long distance boyfriend at the time who lived in Austin. And so he's like, hey, you should move down to Austin. I had never visited before. And I was like, okay, sure. And so like three days later, I packed up my car, drove down to Austin. Um, where, where were you coming yeah. from? Was it like Ohio? Yeah, I lived in okay. Ohio at the time. It's a little ways away little ways yeah and um I intended to get a, a full-time job somewhere like in-house or at an agency or something mm -hmm. um but that boy at the time was a freelance web developer and he's like hey why don't you try freelancing just for some income on the side while you job search and he's like we could even partner on things because I don't do the design side of things and so I did that and got like you know some of my first clients off of Craigslist again kind of dating myself there but um yeah this is so relevant yeah and going. I I liked that so much the, like the not having a commute not having to like have set hours that I had to be like you know butt in chair in front of a desk because somebody was watching you know or that kind of thing um I liked that so much I was like I'm just gonna do this <laughs> and uh, did not have you know savings cushion did not have any of the business know-how side had never like even considered entrepreneurship or business ownership before that but I was like let's just do it so uh yeah that's what I did <laughs> that's awesome I mean that's pretty gutsy to be like screw it yeah here we go yeah I did <laughs> like looking back I'm like wow <laughs> at the time it was like yeah sure <laughs> I I love that. I feel like there is a strong correlation between the successful entrepreneurs who can recognize an opportunity and can move forward with it. And the people who may see the opportunity, but they sit and they analyze it and they worry about it and they can't make that decision. And so being able like, yeah, this makes sense. Like, I'm just going to go. You know, it's, I think that is a strength that isn't recognized often enough. So I just want to appreciate that for you if you're not oh, appreciating it for you. yourself, because <laughs> I like that. Yeah. And it's, it's hard too. like, as we grow up and we age, like, we like to be comfortable. You're we talking about that with, you know, TikTok versus Facebook and mm -hmm. LinkedIn and all these other different platforms. Like, we like to be comfortable and pain avoidance. And so being able to just like, move to a place that you've never been with your long distance <laughs> boyfriend, you're like, yeah I got no money but we're gonna go like, yeah that's the joys of being 21 and naive I guess <laughs> but there's something to it because there's plenty of 21 yeah. year olds that are like nah 
home is that's, safe. That's true. Like I still like, you know, talking about Facebook, I've still got connections on there from back in high school days. And like, there's people that still live in, you know, the same town. And like, mm-hmm. I was like, I can't imagine that. Like I never had, you know, necessarily grand plans for myself, but I also couldn't imagine like staying in like small town, Ohio forever. So yeah, I mean, it was, interesting. it's been a few years since I looked at a study, but when I read it, it said like the majority of the U.S. people, they never live more than five miles away from where they grew up. And like most of them don't even like move out, like visit out of state. Like they going out is not the norm. Hmm. I find that fascinating. I don't know if like my family was always big on like travel and like Mm -hmm. vacations and stuff growing up. So like, you know, I'd been to Mexico and to Spain and France and stuff, but like by the time I was in middle school. So like, I just, I can't, it like boggles my mind that people haven't even like left the state that they were born in. I'm like, but there's so much world to see. Like, I know it's wild. It's real wild. Yeah. What what part of small town Ohio? I lived in Beaver Creek for a few years and I went to school in Xenia. Oh, okay. Well, I um, went to school in Lima. I would have to pull up my mouth for that one. It's (laughs) it's like halfway between um, Dayton and Toledo. Okay. Yeah. Nice. By fin- Finley, Bowling Green area, if like you. Mm-hmm. Well, you I grew up military brat, so my, I my did dad too. Was... Okay. Yeah, yeah my That's dad was stationed. There. The reason we ended up in Ohio is my dad got stationed, even though he was Army, he got stationed at the Air Force Base in Dayton. So yep. probably That's where, where you, were. you were too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. We'll have to world. chat. We'll, we'll chat later and try to see if we're, our timeline's synced up. <laughs> That'd be funny. Gone, yeah. yeah. But no, that's that's very cool. So within these clientele and you know months at a time do you feel like there is what what's your definition of success when you work with a client oh yeah um I mean the main one is if they are happy with it right like if they say to me like oh my gosh you like captured exactly what I had in my head better than I could have expressed like that to me is the ultimate compliment like I, I love helping them take like those intangible ideas and like make them a visual reality. That's like the best part (laughs) almost. Um, And that the other part too, is like, even before we get to the design side, if we're just, you know, did the brand exploration and strategy side, if they say, wow, like this was so helpful. I feel like this was like part, you know, brand therapy and brand coaching (laughs) and stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, and I understand my business so much better than before that to me, like right there is success before we even, design anything so uh, those those two parts are, are probably my favorite nice I had a question and it escaped me and oh, it no. may or may not come back but that's okay. okay not not terribly worried about it it's not groundbreaking <laughs> but for who would you say is kind of your ideal client or if another way to put it is what are the things that they should be like what's their internal monologue or dialogue that would say you know I should reach out to Amanda yeah um so if you know, they want to make sure what they're building matches their vision, essentially. Like they want to make sure it's aligned. They want to make sure it's speaking to the people that they want to work with. They want to make sure it's set up for how they want to grow or where they want to take it. Mm-hmm. Um, and they want to make sure that they have like all the pieces they need for all the platforms they plan to be on. Like that that's kind of what I do. Like I help them get clear on stuff and I help prepare them for, you know, taking it to the next level or taking it wherever they want to go. Sure. Would you say that there are any telltale signs, signals, flags for, hey, I should work on my brand? Like, is there anything that comes up that 
should be like a, a trigger to be like this this might be an issue that I should look at yeah um some obvious ones like if the clients you're attracting are not the kind of clients you want to work with <laughs> that's like the big big huge red flag um if you're embarrassed about sending people to your website or using your logo um, or telling people about your business um, that's a big sign that you need to get your brand in order to um, and if if like so many people did over you know the pandemic if you've pivoted like if your services have changed or your audience has changed for something and you're still using your old branding from before um, yeah it's, it's you probably need to take a look at it and see if that needs an overhaul because it probably does nice okay so I mean, for everyone who's listening, like, no, this makes a lot of sense. I should probably reach out to her. Where can they go and find you? Yeah. So my website is um, studiogracio.com. And I'm sure you'll put that in the show notes for people so they don't have to figure out how to spell it. Um, but I'm also mostly on LinkedIn these days. So that's the best place to find me social media wise. Uh, you said studiogracio.com? Mm -hmm. Okay. And so for people who are listening and want to write this down, whatever, it's G-U-E-R-A-S-S-I-O. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Okay. And before we close out though, is there anything that you wished I had asked you or that you wanted to revisit or came and went in your mind before we close out? Um, I don't think so. I think I just want to reiterate if like you're unsure about your brand or you're not sure where your branding stands versus where you want it to be, then yeah, the brand audit is the place to start. Um, and that I can definitely help you with. So reach out to me for that. Awesome. Perfect. Well, Amanda, thank you so much for being on the show and everyone else. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Stephen. Thank you for listening to Subject Change. Please like, subscribe, leave a review of our podcast. And if you have any questions, if there's a business you would like to see featured on our podcast or a niche or something you want to learn about, drop us a message or an email and let us know be happy to, to interview someone and answer those questions. Thanks again for listening.